celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. And welcome in. This is the new and improved Music Vibes Podcast. Brought to you by Mix 106, 1039 The Bear, and Big 92.3. Appreciate you finding us and making time for us here. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Go ahead, keep up to date with us by subscribing. Leave us a review on Apple. Let us know what you are thinking. Some great stuff, great things in plan for 2021. We're wrapping up 2020 right here. And we're talking the best of 2020. We got the 2020 Up Rocks Music Critics poll out everywhere. And Philip Kosaurus, the editor, managing editor of Up Rocks, will be joining us to ref- talk about that poll, some of the top albums and songs of the year in 2020. Also, Lindsay Zolads, writer for the New York Times, she'll be joining as well to reflect on the year 2020, the music, the songs, the albums, and a whole lot more. We got some great stuff in plan, so go ahead, kick back and relax as we travel back through what seemed like 10 years, but no, it was just 2020. So let's go ahead and get started. I have managing editor Philip Kosaurus of Uproxx and Lindsay Zolads from the New York Times joining us here. How are you doing today? I'm hanging. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? We're doing awesome. So I know you've been super busy around these times. So just to start off, I appreciate you coming on, talking a little music. Uh, best of 2020, this three year long year that we've had. Uh, it feels <laughs> like it feels like there's been so much music dropped this year and it's probably the most it seems in any year because this year seems so long. But of course, you are the editor for Up Rocks, one of my personal favorite go tos to get my music news. And yet you guys, want to start off here i mean some fantastic work once again the 2020 uprocks music critics poll is out so go ahead for the listeners that may not know exactly what you guys do all this work that you put in for this go ahead and tell everyone what they get out of the music critics poll yeah man uh it's it's basically a 12-month project now at this point we work <laughs> on it year-round if, if listeners might be familiar uh a, a publication is no longer in existence uh New York Alt Weekly Village Voice used to run a a yearly package called the Paz Drop Bowl, where they would uh, do a survey of hundreds of music critics from all all across the spectrum of different outlets, big and small, uh, people in the different genres, getting a real uh, vast uh, report, you know, of uh, of what critics deemed as the best song of the end of the year. And a few years ago, when that publication went under, like a lot of uh, alt weeklies across the country, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, we thought, uh, why not? Why not pick up the mantle and like and, and carry carry the torch for a while? And so this is our third year doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, we are up to more than 230 critics uh, wow. participated, which is a more than about more than a 10 percent increase from the last year. We were a little one, you know, we didn't really know it because of 2020 and how the year has been, whether mm-hmm. people would have an interest in participating or, you know, if there'd be some reduction there. So it's encouraging to see an increase there. And, um, and yeah, yeah, we just launched it uh, yesterday and it looks beautiful. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the people who work on the design side put their heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think it looks, you know, as good or better than any other, Kind of list, listy feature running for year end uh, across our competitors, and yeah, features critics from you know Rolling Stone, Billboard, 
NPR, you know, Complex, Vulture, The Atlantic, just like, you know, every, every pretty from all, all across the spectrum. And then, you know, we have people who run smaller blogs or, you know, the guy from Gorilla vs. Bear and just like, <laughs> you know, some people who do video stuff, some people who maybe just do audio stuff. We're really trying to get a really wide variety of different kind of critics, be very inclusive. Um, not, you know, if people reach out to me mm-hmm. and have an interest and show that they are a critic of some sort, um, that's, that's, that's the barrier of entry, you know? <laughs> so, so we're just hoping to, to keep it going and keep growing. Um, the first year we, we ran it, we included is songs and albums. Mm-hmm. The last two years... We kind of had to take songs off the table. Year two, we took songs off the table, mm-hmm. just trying logistically to figure out how to do it efficiently. Because, I mean, getting all these votes tabulated and accurate is, is a pretty big lift. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not necessarily the biggest company at UpRox, so we, you know, we, have to, we have to make do with the resources we have. Mm-hmm. But this year, we were able to incorporate songs a little bit, where we asked each critic their, their single favorite song. And, um, and and we're able to do a post like that. But the way we figure out how to do the poll, we think we have a roadmap to bring songs back fully next year or year four. Mm-hmm. So the presentation will be a complete songs list and a complete albums list. Um, it's you know it, it, it's definitely every year we learn how to do it a little bit better. Learn, and I think going into next year, we're in a really good position to 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 bring songs back to how people want to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that's, that's uh, like a very long Empire State Building elevator. Pitch, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, I needed it. I needed it because there's some people listening that have no idea where this got started, how it got started. So that's a great recap. Um, it was much more in depth than the way I introduced it. So that was awesome. Great work. <laughs> so even you, for some reason, even allow little music critics like myself, little program directors from Indiana. So I appreciate that as you allowing me to even um, give give my little input on these polls. What about you, Lindsay? A lot of music to get into, and I know you do some fantastic work. So before we even get started, I want you to give a little intro on who you work for, all your fantastic work. You got the floor. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I, I'm i a freelance critic, but I mostly write for the New York Times right now um, and got to participate in their sort of year-end picks this year for the first time, which is very exciting for me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and had a lot of fun making my list this year because, like you said, it was there was kind of the before times and then the after times, (laughs) and it was strange to look back on some of the music that came out in the first three months of the year and just how long ago that Mm -hmm. felt. So did you cover mainly the best songs of 2020? Is that what is that what you got to do for the New York Times? Um, I did the songs and the albums list along with two other critics, John Caramonica and John nice. Perales, um, which and our lists were pretty different, which I think was fun and interesting to see. There are a few <laughs> commonalities. Um, there wasn't a ton of overlap there, so it made for some interesting conversation. Which is exactly why I booked you because it was, I, I like going against the norm. So it just makes perfect sense. Why not reach out to Lindsay? Fantastic work. So I want to start off though with your personal favorites. So let's start with songs to make it light. Some of your personal favorite songs from this year in 2020 and why? Yeah. Well, I did put 
the Savage remix at number one on my hey. list. I'm a savage. Okay. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Okay. Sassy, moody, hey. nasty. Hey. Yeah. Acting stupid. What was happening? What was happening? Megan and Beyonce. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I think that really, something about that song really captured kind of the resilience spirit of the year um i found myself you know that was a song that i listened to maybe more than any other song it always put a smile on my face when i needed one (laughs) and it felt really like almost this torch passing on beyonce's part to megan this newer younger artist and kind of giving her just an incredible co-sign um and i love when beyonce raps i really do (laughs) i'm a fan really yeah I also really enjoyed the Charlie XCX album that came out this year, How I'm Feeling Now. Mm. And there is a song, Anthems, that I really liked that is sort of, she made the record in quarantine. And that song in particular is just about, you know, how she's feeling now. She's missing her friends. Mm -hmm. She's remembering nights out at the club and like wondering when she's going to get to experience that again. And, there's a line in that song where she says, I get existential and so strange. And I feel like that summed up a lot of my quarantine experience as well. <laughs> for, for me personally, I mean, the, like, you know, I, I fill out the poll as well. Mm-hmm. And I put my single favorite song as uh, My Own Soul's Warning by The Killers. If you could see through the banner of the sun into eternity's eyes like a vision reaching down to you would you turn away what if it knew you by your name let's go um, a band a band that i you know like I, I feel like i was beating the drum on them for a long time as like you know underrated but i feel like the critical community's kind of come around in the last few years to like give them the, the, their due and especially the a new generation of, uh, of indie artists mm-hmm. covering the killers, putting them, you know, for for decades, you know, now I guess it's been a couple, like maybe 20 years. Wow. Um, there's always been that idea of like the killers were like the step below like the, the, their contemporaries of like uh, the Strokes and Interpol and like the cooler bands of that era, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, you know, if you if you ever read interviews with the killers or, or you know, I've actually had the chance to, to speak with them before. Um, but they, they, they recognize that, <laughs> like, and like, and you know, I I think Brandon Flowers would would tell you that it bothers them to a degree, but they're also such big music fans that they've always really, you know, seen that as a, a standard to hold yourself up to. You know, like it's like not every band should be compared to the Strokes or the White Stripes or whatever because those are the best bands of the, the era. But I think the Killers have always deserved to be spoken of in that that same respect, and then. The album this year, a lot of people kind of described as this like return to form, and and I think it is in, in some in some respects that's, that's accurate. But um, with my own soul's warning too, you're seeing that them taking an influence of you know the music of right now, which is you know very like war on drugs kind of sound to it. Um, and uh, you know if you look at those other band, you know like the Strokes, who I think actually made a really great album this year as well. Mm-hmm. Or um, or Interpol or you know White Stripes doesn't exist or whoever like those bands aren't um, <laughs> like like aren't evolving and aren't like picking up you know twenty years in like like Strokes still you know at, at the best 
they sound like the Strokes, which is great. And Interpol, like, you know, will never sound like anything but Interpol. And, yeah, Jack White is doing whatever Jack White does. I don't know. <laughs> he, he, he's, like, he's always on his, he's on his own wavelength. But I think it does say something that this band is... That in 2020, they sound like a 2020 band. They don't sound like someone, like, reaching to the past. And, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's just a jam. Uh, I listen to it when I run. <laughs> I've listened to that song maybe more than any other song this year. Um, not not according to Spotify, but according to me. <laughs> Spotify told me something else. I don't believe them. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely one. Yeah, I'm really and I'm really glad you mentioned that because I think I've seen that in the Uproxx uh, list. As you guys even have a playlist, I've seen on Spotify, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, I actually have that. I'm putting that in the the description for everyone to just kick back. I know some people are going to be having some New Year's parties, so all you got to do is just scroll on down in the description, click that link, and you're covered. New Year's going into 2021 reflecting i guess on the music of 2020 so to get it down to 10 i guess was my the hardest part for me and to kind of number them as you know it's that's what gets really tough which one is better than the other and then you got to distinguish favorites against best i did want to shout out the the song or songs that won the of our strict ball the number one song was um was phoebe bridgers Mm -hmm. uh, which was a surprise to me that she won uh, for you know a song that wasn't necessarily even like a single. I, I don't think maybe maybe it was. I mean, she has a video <laughs> for it, so I guess. But it's called "I Know the End." It's the last song on the album. Yeah. But you know, it's not it's not the song. You know, she's been playing like Kyoto and stuff on. Uh, you know, that's been like more the the focus song, I guess, from the album. Uh, but it, a cool choice, I think, that uh, the amount of critics have t- chose it as their favorite song. Mm-hmm. But of course, um, you know, the song that Uprock chose in our own list and. I think is a more <laughs> logical choice or song of the year. I uh, finished number two in the critics poll, and that was uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's uh, WAP. I said, certified free. Seven days a week. Wet ass pussy. Make that pullout game weak. <laughs> Which, um, there it is. Uh, yeah, it is not the, I don't think there was a more impactful piece of music released in 2020. And uh, for all uh, for great reason. <laughs> like, like, these women absolutely kill it. I have so many songs. There were so many songs that I had trouble you know, picking which one. So I just went with a personal favorite of mine that no one probably even like, I think I'm the only person in the entire panel out of the two thirty that had Jaden Smith anywhere, even on their list. So I'm with that. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with it, man. I like being different and I really enjoyed Jaden Smith this year. I marked cabin fever as my song. I want to feel your body on me. Other songs that resonated with me as well. Um, you got to think of even go go back even a little bit further earlier in the year. You got Young Thug and Chris Brown uh, with "Go Crazy." Um, you also have Tussie Sly, Drake. I know that seems like it was like three years ago, but that was 2020. That was a pretty big one for hip hop. You also, 
And this, I think, is the number one song of the year. If I would could redo my poll, I would. Um, but I was in the moment when I did it, and I picked Jaden Smith, and I wish I could change it, but it's too late. Uh, but The Weeknd, Blinding Lights, I think, is the number one song of the year. I had that on my list too and what I wrote about it was you know it was that was probably the most like ubiquitous hit I think it was like the biggest billboard hit of the year Mm -hmm. it was everywhere not so much like when you're not going any place in the physical world that you're not hearing you know how there's just that song that you hear (laughs) in a given year like everywhere um, when you're not going places, it's harder to determine mm-hmm. what that is. But I think that would have been the song this year. It was just, but I never really got sick of it. And it's nice when the song that is everywhere is also just right. a really solid song. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's a great choice too. You know that song. Um, also, like for maybe maybe because of uh, WAP's content <laughs> um, <laughs> um, has has felt maybe even more omnipresent than WAP. <laughs> I mean, certain things, especially when you, you know, if you watch television or, like, if you watch a, a football game or a basketball game, you know, like, that song is going to come on as bumper music in virtually anything you watch at, at some point. Um, and that, that speaks to the quality of it and the aesthetic. It's, like, I, I, it's a unique aesthetic to hear in 2020 where it feels like that, I guess, throw, like a very like, 80s throwback. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I dig it. It's also, I mean, can we just take a second just to talk about, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people do talk about it, but like mm-hmm. how wild like the weekend um, <laughs> arc has been, his career arc. Like, <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm sure you remember, you remember like 20, you know, you know, first coming up with Drake, mm-hmm. you know, and then those, those mixtapes in like, what was like 2011 or so, where, you know, he's mysterious. I, I, I saw his first like big performance at Coachella that year, like 2012. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if you come in from it at that time, and then someone will tell you, like, hey, you know, in, in 10 years, he's going to be playing the Super Bowl. Like, I wouldn't have not, uh, saw that trajectory. No. So this year, I did listen to a lot of albums, as and, you know, more than usual, mm-hmm. probably. I'm more of an album guy in general anyway, because I'm a record collector. So I like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm an album guy. That's just the way I am. So for albums, you mentioned a couple of earlier, but what were some albums here in quarantine 2020 year? What were some albums that you got to check out that you really enjoyed? Yeah, well, my favorite record this year was the Fiona Apple album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I told you I didn't want to go to this dinner. You know I don't go for those ones that you bother about. So when they say something that makes me start to simmer, that fancy wine won't put this fire out. Oh, kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. I was not alone in that. That was, I think, the only album that was on all three of our critics' lists in the Times. So, yeah, John Perlis and John Caramonica also chose that. I put it as my number one. I've been a Fiona fan for a really long time, but I just felt like this album took her to a whole different level 
of her songcraft and also even though it was made over many years she hadn't put out an album i think in 8 years now mm-hmm. um it did just somehow speak to the quarantine moment she made most of it i think in her home and was just you know banging on the walls and having her <laughs> dogs bark in the songs and kind of it i think it spoke to like making something out of where you are which was you know, a, a very resonant idea for a lot of us this year that um, mm-hmm. might not necessarily be making our masterpiece album in our quarantine homes, but but there was something about the homespunness of it that I found really comforting and and relatable, and um, just yeah, it's a very singular record to me. Um, I also really enjoyed Phoebe Bridger's album Punisher. Mm. She's just a really awesome young-ish artist. I think she's in her mid-20s now that I think can really mm-hmm. speak to something going on generationally and, and kind of um, a mood in the larger world of a lot of her songs are about sort of being a person existing in a world where there's a lot of craziness going on on a larger scale, but Absolutely. you're also trying to live your life in the face of, you know, climate change and all sorts of political craziness and and things like that. And um, I think she's been able to tap into some sort of feeling that I find really specific. And she's just a wonderful songwriter and she can be really funny and really sad at the same time. So I I thought that record was um, really wonderful. And see what else. I also um, really loved the Heim album, Women in Music Part 2, or Part 3. Part three, yeah. Three parts now, because there's three of them. <laughs> um, that was just a very eclectic rock record that, you know, pulled from all these different genres, but it felt really cohesive and kind of epic at the same time. And um, they're another group that I've been following for a while and think they're really, like, coming into their own now and, and making some of their best work, um, kind of like Fiona. So it was, you know, a year where... There were some new voices, but then also some artists, I think, really blooming into their full potential um, after releasing a couple albums, which is always cool to to watch that unfold. Um, I mean, my favorite album, and it was a lot of people's favorite, is the Waxahachie uh, record, St. Cloud. It came out early in the year, mm-hmm. so I guess you know a lot of us had a chance to spend a lot of time with it, but it, it's one of those instant classics, like, you know it's it's going to be around forever. I've liked, uh, you know, the song Kitty, Kitty Pitchfeld, the songwriter for a long time. Um, going back to, you know, early American weekend and, uh, um, like the early, yeah, the early records and thought, you know, hadn't really necessarily been on board. As she, as, as she went on as, as much, but this one, you know, she is someone with some Southern roots and, Album felt like it incorporated that with you know like almost like countryfider sound a little bit um, with really fantastic results. But she's always been a very reflective songwriter, great lyric, mm-hmm. uh, great melody, can sing. You know, she's she's always felt like the total package and with a really unique point of view. But I feel like this album it all it came together better than better than before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think some of that might. Be attributed to like you know her 
for getting sober before the album and having like, a little bit more a clear a view of the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that that's the record I've listened to the most this year, and I feel like will will stay a big part of my life for a while. Um, but just just to give a little counterpoint to that, I did want to like point out um, with the album that won the Epoch Strike Pull and a lot of people's in the one album is the Fiona Apple record, uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, mm-hmm. um, which I get. You know, like, yeah. I don't think anyone uh, would would argue against that as a, as a piece of art. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily. You know, it didn't even make it didn't make my top ten. Mm-hmm. That just said more about my taste than the quality of the work. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, a very deserving win for Fiona. Taylor Swift, and you have her on your list as well, her album uh, Folklore, and uh, you have that, I think you had number two on your list. Yeah. So, what, what did you enjoy <laughs> from uh, Taylor Swift's album? So to talk about Taylor Swift, all right. Well, I reviewed the, I don't write a ton these days, you know, mm-hmm. maybe like a piece a month if I'm lucky, uh, just because I have too many kind of, logistical responsibilities and oh, editing yeah. responsibilities. Oh, yeah. I imagine. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that the album, because it came out suddenly, I was kind of like the only one around to, to review it. Like, <laughs> uh, like uh, Stephen Hyden was on vacation, and, um, you know, and then our, our pop critic, Caitlin, I don't remember where she was, but she was not around either. But I was just like, all right, I just, like, stepped up. I'm like, I'm going to do this, yeah. And um, so I'm, you know, I like Taylor Swift. I I definitely since you know probably 1989 have paid more attention to her, and then have like had the chance actually you know uh, you know I went and saw the Reputation tour the kickoff show for that I saw the first show of the 1989 tour somehow I don't know how I would see the first shows of her tour like her tour launches <laughs> but I, I winded up doing it I actually met her even uh, backstage at the Reputation show and. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, they did like a little mini like press uh, meet and greet thing. Um, so I, ha- I have like a history with her, but mm-hmm. definitely I'm not like Mr. Taylor Swift either. Mm-hmm. Um, all that said, you know, like I had a pretty strong background of writing about the National, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> you know, and and, um, and Jack Antonoff even. Um, so, <laughs> but I really engaged hard with with the album and. I don't know. My my angle was that, like, you know, I love this for Taylor in terms of getting back to the songs without without the kind of maximal Max Martin aesthetic behind it. But I think I, I do I do get a little defensive in in for her at the narrative that this is somehow like a better version of, of Taylor Swift, where I just think it's a diff- like I think that pop stuff deserves you'd be held in the same regard. Like the songwriting is just as strong. It's just a different aesthetic, a different interest, and maybe reaching a different audience, but not necessarily a different quality um, or level of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their level of quality for Taylor Swift is very consistent across the board. You know, there's a new song I don't like as much as some of it, maybe more like commercial-leaning, um, you know, stuff that seems a little bit aimed more for, like, teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I'm like... A thirty-something-year-old man. It's not music for me, you know. It's like yeah. it's definitely, you know, that, that, that's fine. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I think um, she's at the point now where, where uh, like Stephen Hyden just wrote a review of the second album of, of Evermore, and 
in it, he managed to compare her to both uh, Bruce Springsteen and, and Radiohead in a couple paragraphs. And I think that's actually absolutely where she belongs in the discussion. And I don't think there's a lot of necessarily like, contemporary artists who have that same um, magnitude, I guess, you know, of like, of like not of, of quality music, but also of, um, of, of, of star power, I guess, you know, where every, everything's an event mm-hmm. and because, and, and the songwriting is at the center of it. A shout out to the ladies here. Now, this one, first one's going to be controversial, very controversial, as this album hasn't been out that long. So, um, I'm probably going to receive some criticism on this, but I don't care. That's, that's how it works. So this one came out November 27th and it is Miley Cyrus plastic hearts. Ooh. Yes. I'm a fan though. I'm a fan. You like it too. I really enjoyed this album. I was really impressed. And there's, there's someone else on my list that also kind of branched out and is entering a new genre, but this rock album, you know, she hyped it up a little bit. So I was a little unsure what to come in with this. You know, she's Mm -hmm. like, I got Joan Jett on here. I got Stevie Nicks teaming up, of course. And I got a little nervous. I got to admit, um, I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. Miley Cyrus. um with uh billy idol and joan jed and steve i don't know and she nailed it i absolutely love this album i was really impressed so yeah miley cyrus plastic hearts is on my top 10 and another shout out to another lady i gotta go hip-hop tiana taylor i thought her album was fantastic as well i i cannot talk 2020 without mentioning machine gun kelly Mm. His rock album, of course, Tickets to My Downfall. Hey. You know my ex, so that makes it all feel complicated, yeah. It all seems complicated. I read those texts that you sent to yours, but I'll never say it, yeah. I'll never say You walked in my life at 2 a.m. Cause my boy's new girl is your best friend. Act like you don't see me, we'll play pretend. Your eyes already told me what you never said Now we're in the backseat of the black car Going home when she asked me Is it wrong if I come up with you? I'm gonna be honest, I was beyond impressed with this album And the problem is everyone's listening The problem is you gotta come into this album not already knowing that Machine Gun Kelly's a rapper out of Cleveland and all his past and all that stuff You gotta come in with a clear mind You gotta come in you know, you got to clear your mind on who they are, what you were expecting, and just listen to it. And if you do that, all you think of is 2000s punk rock. That's exactly what it sounds like. And me growing up in the 2000s, it took me back a little bit. It took me back to a time when I was younger. One of very many reasons why I actually have Machine Gun Kelly tickets to my downfall in the top 10. So what do you think of my few? I like it. I actually have not checked out that Machine Gun Kelly record yet, but I, no. a good friend of mine keeps telling me to do that. <laughs> So this keeps is recommending it to me, but I think, you know, I think that and the Miley record together, these kind of like, you know, rock revival mm-hmm. vibes um, seem, you know, I think there's some overlap there that's interesting, but I do really, I reviewed the Miley record um, mm. as well for the paper and it's, I, I generally a fan of her, like mm-hmm. I, she's gone down some paths that i could not follow her but right right you know but i'm generally rooting for her i think her <laughs> voice is really suited to singing rock music and um you really get that finally on this record so it kind of made me regret not putting it on but mac miller 
Circles was released here in 2020. Obviously, um, he's been gone, unfortunately, from us for a couple of years now and uh, was a little bit nervous on what we we're going to get from this album. But it was really good. It was really well put together. Um, I really enjoyed this album. So what made you go ahead and pull the trigger on adding this into your top 10? Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's beautiful album and sad, obviously, you know, because yeah. of circumstances it was released and then the lyrics, you know, anytime you get a, a, a posthumous release like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like some of the lyrics will sting, especially. But yeah, I, I've been I've been behind Mac Miller for a long time. Um, yes, yeah, you know, I I feel like I was someone who kind of I wanted to see him. Uh, get a little bit more critical love and commercial love, even uh, in his time. Even though, even though he, before he died, he was definitely receiving that. But um, I just remember, like the first time I saw him, it was, it was a pretty cool tour. I remember it was uh, Cancel Rapper and mm. Action Bronson and Mac Miller. It was like a, a, a it was just a club tour, you know. It was like a thousand yeah. person venue I saw him at, um, and you know, it was like obvious, obviously, all three of them were stars. But I was really taken taken aback by uh, Mac Miller as a performer then, where um, I think when I wrote about I was writing maybe for the newspaper at the time, and you know, I kind of, it reminded me almost of like a, a Justin Timberlake uh, charisma, where he can play instruments, he can tell jokes, he can talk to the fans, he can <laughs> sing, he can rap, you know, he can do all these, all these things, and he felt like the total package. Um, and he never quite made that, you know, jump of like arena superstar kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I feel like he could have. Yeah. And yeah, I guess, I mean, having that interest in his career arc and that belief in him and then having him, you know, unfortunately, um, not, not here anymore. I guess, I guess circles maybe hit a little bit harder mm-hmm. for me because of that, of that emotional investment. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an album I really love and keep going back to. Yeah, absolutely. I go back to the kids mixtape, kicking incredibly dope shit. The mixtape back when I was, uh, mm-hmm. fresh out of high school and, uh, he was definitely big with the high school community, the college community. And it's crazy if we're recommending albums to listen to, because you know, there's somewhat somebody somewhere listening to this that hasn't listened to probably a lot of these albums that we're talking about. So if you have it, I want to give you one more to talk to the audience about one more album to listen to. Yeah. I mean, one, I think we click on it right now. I'm in the pool. I think I might've been the only person to vote. No, no, actually three people voted for this album. <laughs> okay. um, you know, it finished 398 <laughs> in the critics poll. Um, but uh, two other people voted for it. Um, it's an album called Pixel Bath by um, Gene Dawson. Mm. Um, it just came out maybe a month ago. And, um, and I, think, I think it's kind of indicative of a movement. Not, maybe not a movement, um, but... There's something I've been noticing in, in rock and indie, um, and, it, and I think it's something that um, people have been covering up a little bit, um, where there's, there's an interest in elevating uh, like people of color's place within, because they've traditionally been marginalized in the, in the rock and indie world particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, especially um, this year, I think some really strong emerging, uh, like a, uh, Black musicians in the in the rock space, which I find really 
interesting. And obviously, when you get different perspectives in a genre, there's going to be a lot of innovation. And you're going to hear stuff you haven't heard before because, <laughs> you know, it's people who haven't necessarily been allowed or welcomed into that space. And I feel like uh, Dean Dawson is, is a good example of that. With the music, um, there's elements of it that kind of remind me of, 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 like, what Block Party was doing even, you know, or, like, mm-hmm. um, like, but also it's very, you know, there's a little bit, you know, ASAP Rocky appears on the album, too, you know, <laughs> but, and there's also a very, like, a pop-punk emo vibe, which, all, you know, which there's, there's definitely that connection in the hip-hop world right now of, like, you know, you see your juice world on, you can hear Juice World on rock radio these days. Um, <laughs> so I feel like Gene Dawson is an extension of all of that, you know. I feel like you know, Travis Barker and, like, what he's been doing, he's been kind of shining a light on some stuff in that in that realm as well, mm-hmm. um, connecting hip-hop to kind of pop-punk. Um, and, yeah, I think I think it's a really interesting trend that hasn't necessarily become a full-on trend yet, <laughs> if that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But it's... A, very cool album, some really interesting highlights. Um, you know, and there's obviously other people in that, you know, uh, like Barty Strange uh, emerging this year, or, you know, I don't know, Kenny Hoopla, or um, there's a, uh, several several people um, make, making noise, and I'm really interested in where that goes because, yeah, I, I feel like that's where maybe innovation in the rock space is coming. Absolutely. Got to support it. And of course, you know, as we're kind of, you know, wrapping up in 2020 here, I want to give you the floor as well. Um, when I bring right, cause we're music friends now. So the, so you said the, <laughs> a friend has been recommending you to listen to Machine Gun Kelly. Now one of your music friends is recommending it. So we're just adding to that <laughs> list. Um, so while okay. I, while I have you. I love promoting other music journalists' work, and that's why I bring them on my podcast a lot because you guys are really underappreciated. You guys work so hard. As a former writer, I know exactly how tough it is, so I want to give you the floor. I want you to promote a couple of your recent pieces, and if you're able to, because I know that's tough too, anything coming up, I want to give you the floor. What's Lindsay got coming up for everyone to check out? Well, I'm still working on a few year-end things, so stay tuned for that. That's always, December is always <laughs> filled with looking back at the past 11 months. Oh, um, that's it? 11 months? That's it? Basically, yeah. <laughs> feels like 11 um, years. Yeah, it feels like it was 111 <laughs> months, but somehow. Um, so, yeah, I have some, some year-end stuff coming as well, but, man, recent things i two things that i really enjoyed getting to write about this fall were because i as much as i love to keep up with the new stuff i love the classics as well um and i got to write actually about two of my favorite all-time musicians for the times recently um one was the tom petty Mm. wildflowers uh reissue that came out which is just a record that i really love and i love tom petty and I also got to write about um, a box set of early Joni Mitchell recordings mm. that was really exciting to dig into um, and kind of see her artistry come together. Um, so I really liked working on those pieces, and I love to kind of dig back into musical history and see where things are coming from and, and where you can pick up threads in the present day. So it's I always like when I get to 
kind of do some more, you know, historical pieces too. Um, but yeah, those were definitely two of my faves, but I have my website. It's just lindsayzolads.com and I post <laughs> most of my work there. I try to update it, you know, when I can. Um, but yeah, so if there's, there's some stuff on there if you're Curious. Absolutely. I'm going to find those, dig those up, and throw them in the description for everyone to check out. Before I even let you go, Phil, I want to give you the floor to promote. Um, once again, you know, everything that's out with Uproxx right now, what's coming up, I give you the floor. You guys do fan- some fantastic work, and I always love <laughs> having you at this time, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, check out the Critics Pool. Um, one, one thing uh, to note about it, we actually specify that the the music eligible is it starts December 1 to November 30th so if a if a, a Jack Harlow will be eligible next year for the poll and i i feel like uh, all music critics this should kind of take up that thing like an eligibility period right so we don't have that like like oh you know this came out in December uh, too late for list you know like yeah, just throw it on next year's list like let's have just like an unofficial or official rule that the music criticism year is December through November. And then all is, all is fixed, you know? <laughs> um, so that's my official stance on that. I feel like everyone should agree with me. Uh, but elsewhere at Uproxx, uh, we also just ran a really cool uh, digital cover story on Rico Nasty about a week ago. Uh, uh. Really beautiful photography that I uh, urge everyone to check out. It's our first um, music digital cover that we hope, we're hoping to be launching quarterly. Uh, really uh, great writing from our, our hip hop editor Aaron Williams, and then I, I don't know if, if you're a Rico fan. I think Rico is awesome. It's so, it's so cool. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think just read up, rock, support us. Uh, we we uh, we love having people read us, and uh, yeah, hope to be getting new new readers, new enthusiastic readers all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I follow all the work Aaron Williams does for you guys as well as a hip hop R&B guy that I am. Love the work that you guys do. Philip, thank you so much for joining us in here again. Philip Casores joining us talking the 2020 Up Rocks Music Critics Poll. Phil, thanks for joining. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. One final time. I want I want to give you I'm putting you on the spot here too. one <laughs> okay. so, one song of the year and one album of the year. Ooh, the like of what I did not mention yet um well you, you it can be one that you mentioned but you can only pick one now one song one album okay i think i have to just go with what i picked on my list as number one because i did you know put mm-hmm. a lot of thought <laughs> into it so <laughs> i'm gonna go again um the savage remix i think that's one i would like put in the time capsule of this year <laughs> not that it spoke to any of the sadness but i think like i said it was the resilience and the kind of fun that we needed to get for music this year and and then fiona fetched the bolt cutters uh just again really captured that spirit of being stuck at home and mm-hmm. trying not to lose your mind but also kind of working through some stuff that's on your mind um which it was definitely a soundtrack for that for me. So (laughs) those are my two. Great stuff. Lindsay Zolads joining us here on the Music Vibes podcast. Exactly why I brought you on. Tons of diverse 
uh, takes on here. Tons of, you know, great music, tons of great albums that you brought. I'm really glad you got to join me here today and good luck on everything that you got coming up. And let's go into 2021 still killing it like you have been, Lindsay. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. It was fun. Time travel with DC Hendrix on the Music Vibes podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify on your mobile device. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.